This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Episode of Chatty Broads with Becca and Jess. Okay. So, hi, Broads. Hi. Is this our first episode oh. post Bachelor content? <laughs> I don't think I realized how excited I was for it until oh we're actually my. sitting here doing it. <laughs> I'm feeling like. I'm able to like, I mean, though we did definitely talk about ourselves, don't get me wrong, throughout The Bachelor yes. things, I'm like, oh, we're going to like be actually talking about things that involve sometimes us personally or other people that aren't part of Bachelor Nation. <laughs> wow. Who's are those people? That. Are there people outside of Bachelor what Nation? What is I don't a world believe outside it. of The Bachelor? <laughs> I don't really know, but I'm really, really excited. Me too. Um, I, I just want to encourage everyone, obviously, like, this sounds like I'm plugging our own podcast. <laughs> Trust me, it's going to be good. Um, but I know that so many of our listeners, after um, Colton season, with a few weeks in between, and then also people who have gone back and listened to original episodes, uh, a lot of broads who started listening because of Bachelor content... Um, DM us all the time and go, oh my God, I just listened to your non-Bachelor episodes for the first time and I think we like them better. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which sounds like fully tooting our own horn. No, it but is true though. We get so much more of a chance to like be ourselves in a way and talk about things that are really important to us. And I think that's a really special opportunity and it's one that yeah. I love to have. And I think that, yeah, if you're listening to this now, obviously you're giving the non-Bachelor content a chance, but yeah. go back and listen to the other ones. Keep listening For and sure. let us know what you think and let us know what you're interested in hearing. And yeah. we always appreciate the support especially though for the things that are coming from our hearts exactly and our minds and i think the thing that's so cool too is when we do the non-bachelor topics like i love getting all of the tea dm yes. from our broads about bachelor nation but it's so fun when we're doing the non-bachelor content that how many times can i say content um that we <laughs> that we get messages from the listeners where you guys are really sharing yourselves with us, not yes. just us talking about ourselves, but then hearing like what we said that maybe struck a chord for you or what you're processing through. Yeah. And I felt like in those in-between times, those episodes, those are the ones that I felt like I really got to know our broad squad and come to really love our broad squad. Mm -hmm. And we came together as a community that through is, the non-bachelor episodes. That so. is by far my favorite part. People yeah. saying this resonated with me. And sometimes, you know, when we're talking, we're sharing stuff that's individual to just us. Then we're mm -hmm. being vulnerable talking about it. And sometimes I've said things on the podcast I've never said before. And yeah. then having people message me being like, I'm the same way and mm -hmm. I struggle with the same thing it's like oh for a second I feel less alone because oh, someone's you know absolutely. so it, someone understands the way that I'm feeling so yeah. it's a pretty cool mutual relationship that we have here on this podcast yeah. and I really enjoy it and that being said the reason we decided to do this episode today was stemming from something that we touched on a little bit during this past Bachelor in Paradise season mm -hmm. uh, obviously having Demi and Christian 
on the show has been something new for Bachelor Nation. And some of the conversations surrounding their relationship and different dynamics uh, really struck a chord with me and really made me think hard about my life and all that different stuff. And I brought it up on one of our episodes and Jess said that this, that what we were talking about also resonated with her. And then we got a ton of DMS from broads talking about the same thing. So today what we're going to be talking about is bisexuality yes, and what that means. Common misconceptions, our own experiences, struggles, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And I know like when you, we had a moment after you talked on uh, the episode, I was like getting soups emotional because, um, so basically what I said on the episode when we were talking was, um, I said, I think watching Demi and Christian, but specifically Demi on this season has been kind of difficult for me because there's a part of me that feels a little bit of resentment because Mm -hmm. I feel like, I feel like I, I think I said something effective of like, I feel like I could never kind of be in the position that she's in. And it's making me realize that maybe I have some internalized things towards bisexual people. I never have any problem with like lesbians or gay people, but like there's something about bisexuality in particular that strikes a nerve with me. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because it's something that I can identify with and relate to. And so when I see people living their full free bisexual lives, it's kind of, kind of strikes a, it strikes a nerve with me and I'm kind of like it bugs me because I feel like they have a freedom that I'm not entitled to enjoy for whatever reason yeah. and do you think that you don't feel entitled to it because like are you putting yourself in the situation because you're like oh I have a baby in a relationship now or is it because no. you don't feel like it's fair for you there's a lot of layers okay one I I don't even I, I I feel like it wouldn't even be fair for me to call myself bisexual, which mm-hmm. we will get into yes. that feeling. Yep. And two, because there is still so much shame with my upbringing mm-hmm. and um, with different s- sexuality stuff. I even have some resentment. I'm realizing towards my own sister because there's different ways that she expresses herself sexual sexually that I don't feel comfortable with because I um you know, it's funny. This came up with one of my best friends when we were in Hawaii because one of my best friends, we have grown up together since we were three. Um, our families are, have been so close. We have like the same age gap and gender siblings. Like we both two girls, one boy, we are both the oldest and we grew up together and she dated a girl for a few years. And I mean, there's so many layers to that relationship. It was really unhealthy and there's so much stuff going on, but it really alienated her from her relationship with her parents. Okay. And both her and I share this intense closeness with our parents. And mm-hmm. this, we both, I've realized really value closeness with our parents as a lot of people do. And some people don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but both of us have always enjoyed a really close, loving, like friendly relationship with our parents and something that's very important to us. And Jess asked her actually, like, would you, yeah, would you date another woman? She was like, yeah, I'd totally be down. And she was like, but since I'm bi, I'd rather just date men because that's not going to jeopardize my relationship with mm-hmm. my parents. Mm-hmm. And when she said that, I was like, completely understand because for both of us 
some people might think this is sad. I don't really see it as sad. It's just kind of like, oh, that's the way it is. Um, I guess it is kind of sad, but I'm the same way. Or it's like if I had the choice to like not fuck up anything with my parents, I'd rather do that. And so anyway, I struggle with that, too, because even if like my parent, I feel the need to be like very honest with my mom and dad. And um, yeah, I don't know. There's like a lot of different like sexual expression stuff that I don't feel comfortable with because I feel like... um, it would jeopardize my relationship with my family. Of course. So, yeah, I think that I know when you, um, talked about that on the podcast, I also received a lot of DMS regarding you talking about it. And, um, so many people who have grown up in conservative homes, like you and I have, um, and again, when we're saying all this, and I know that we've we've said this now numerous times in non-bachelor related conversations, but I'll remind all of our broads again. This is us, Becca and I, having a conversation. We're trying to be as open as possible. We may use the wrong terms. We're doing our best. Um, but understand, like, this is we're processing this as well. Um, we know that all religious homes do not condemn this at all. I did receive some messages from people saying, like, my church community is completely open to that. And I'm like, that's amazing. Um, but come on. I mean, it's well known that that is, uh, has been for years. It's changed a a lot in the past five years. It's been the dominant ideology in the church. That was the ideology. And there were so many broads messaging saying, I feel the same way because I feel like there were curiosities for me growing up and things that I might've explored that I didn't. And now that I'm older, I look and I see people who have gone through so much turmoil and so much pain having to come out to friends and family, get ostracized in certain ways. And now I'm feeling these curiosities and I, and I feel an inclination, but I almost feel like I can't go there because I'm not worthy. 100%. Yeah. And I think that's something that a lot of people feel. Actually, I think a lot of people experience who haven't grown up in Christian homes, Mm -hmm. a lot of bisexual people do not feel like they are like worthy of calling themselves queer or gay or whatever, because maybe they're mostly attracted to men and like occasionally attracted to women. And it's something that a lot of people go through, like even if they haven't like, you know, suppress things because of Christianity, of course. And even our culture though, and our society, it's not like we're super accepting as a society and culture of being gay. No. When, when have we ever seen a mainstream lesbian movie? No, of course not. And that's the thing. It's like we're still, and I think that's why this conversation is like tough because the the queer community is is not like being being a gay man and being a lesbian woman is still not widely accepted. Yeah. So we're already fighting that fight, let alone talking about. Um, the intersex community, let alone talking about transgender course, and now yeah. bisexuality. Like that's already like just the, the tip, like the, the stereotypical TV movie, gay lesbian is not widely accepted. No. So having these more intimate conversations shown, exactly. you know, it's exactly. like something where if you don't see this. You don't, it affects your own identity. Right. You know, it's like, something that also like black children experience of like not seeing these tv shows and movies that don't have this like 
narrative of like the you know the poor black you know all this kind of stuff it's the same thing with like the gay community like if you don't see yourself represented you're going to struggle with your identity of course yeah so it's like now getting into these layers of like cure people who are curious it can be so like weighty to deal with because you want to like you have to have the major respect for the people who are paving the fucking way for this to be accepted and okay and not have radical prejudice against in our countries and communities. Yeah. Um, so it's so hard when you talk about curiosity, but at the same time, like I feel like it's something that needs to be discussed because I do feel like there are so many people who, like you said, maybe feel certain twinges as maybe a woman who's also felt twinges towards being sexually attracted to another woman who finds themselves mostly with a man. And if that's an okay conversation to have all in all, I think it will just help the queer community in general, Mm -hmm. um, be more normalized when it's okay for someone to be like, yeah, I'm fluid though. I am typically more with attracted to this specific, uh, uh, gender yes you know yes um let's Let's take a let's take a quick pause quick this is not going to be a this is not going to be an episode that's going to (laughs) get into our sponsors smoothly but okay so i think i've talked about this before on the podcast but the past year i've had a lot of health issues and have gone to so many doctors and all the tests look good and come back normal and it's frustrating because i'm like i know i don't feel good like i did at one point WTF. And then a great friend of mine suggested that maybe I had developed food allergies and that I should get tested for it to see if maybe that was the root of the issue. So I'm going to finally do it. And I am so grateful to do it through Everly Well. Everly Well offers more than 35 at-home lab tests from food sensitivity to thyroid to STD and heart health tests. I'm trying out the thyroid test and each Everly Well collection kit comes with super easy to follow instructions. You just collect your sample from home on your own time. Uh, you take a tiny little sample. It doesn't even hurt. It's nope. just a prick. Uh, and once you send your sample back, it's processed in a certified lab your results are reviewed by a board certified physician then they're sent directly to you digitally within just days you can even share them with your healthcare provider and you won't have to worry about being confused with what the results may mean because the everly well digital platform helps break down exactly what your results mean for you plus you can also set up a free discussion with a healthcare professional directly through the everly well platform which is amazing as i said i did the food sensitivity test and i just sent it it was really easy easy like becca said you know and now i am eagerly awaiting it and you bet i will be sharing my results with you broads too um i think you want to try or i think i'm gonna want to try the thyroid test out too so heck i'll just do the heart health and the std one while i'm at it can't be too safe check out all my health and <laughs> everly well makes it easy for 15 percent off an everly well at home lab test visit everlywell.com slash chatty and enter code chatty that's everlywell.com slash chatty code chatty for 15 percent off your test everly well at home lab tests your answers your way well Okay, Jess, how about, because we didn't really get into this on the episode. How about 
Uh-oh. You start <laughs> talking about you Uh-oh. and your experience and kind yeah. of like what you've been going through because yeah. we haven't really gotten into that. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Okay. Well, um, I will uh, after uh, <laughs> she's dripping it's sweat. Not, oh, my God. Vulnerability. Whole. Um, not easy to talk about. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, I would say after 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 the conversation that you brought up on the podcast, you and I spoke briefly afterwards. And when you were saying those things, I literally was like, I felt so seen. I was like, Oh my God, I can talk to her about this. I can be open because, um, so for me personally, growing up, I have from a young age been sexual, mm-hmm. um, as Sorry, I don't know why I always preface this. I always say, like, as most of us are. No, um, preface I don't know it, baby. Why, I don't know why I say that. Yeah. I think sometimes I... The reason that I say that is to open up the conversation sometimes because I know when I'll talk with certain girlfriends, it, they'll be like... There's a little bit of a, a guard up when it comes yeah. to talking about sex, like yeah. just being sexual in general, because it's like, oh, that's kind of private. I don't want to talk about yeah. it. So I'm like, I can talk about the fact that at a very young age, I was touching myself. Like yeah. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Like we've talked about, I was bumping up against couches and being like, yeah. this feels great. But at a young age, um, as most, I was thinking about certain like situations like I would see like you know remember watching (laughs) of course watching Aladdin and being like well I need to like touch myself now because I'm having these certain thoughts um but at a young age I you know I was not seeing Aladdin himself and being like "Ooh, hot guy must masturbate I was looking at Jasmine Mm. Not because I was like, I want to be with a woman, but because sexuality to me, I was turned on by the idea of sex and she was sexually attractive. And so I was attracted to her. Yeah. Or the idea of it. Yes. Um, so then uh, as I like got Which, older, by the way, yeah, yeah, when you're thinking about the way some of these like like Jasmine, I mean, she's wearing a freaking like little. Cro- it's, it's all very like sexual. Well, and sensual. do you remember then, like when she's in like this bondage servitude situation yes. with Jafar, and she's like sexy with him, and like you know, and I remember yes. being a kid, being like, "What is going on down there?" Yes. Like, I'm so turned on, yes. and I don't know how to handle these feelings because that's the bad guy, and she's like in chains. Well, like it was kind of just yeah. And sexuality is so abstract when you're a kid, which is like yeah. the real beauty of it, because you're not like you said, you're not like ooh hot guy. Penis in vagina. Like, you know, (laughs) it's just not. Well, it wasn't ever like that. That wasn't ever like the thing to me. Like, when I was growing up and I watched these movies and cartoons and stuff, it was like, yeah, I think that the the prince or the guy in the was movie handsome. was handsome. But what would turn me on sexually was just the idea of sex. Um, and that would sometimes be the girl. Yeah. Um, and then as I was getting older, um, I remember having conversations with a lot of my friends and feeling uncomfortable because I seemed to be in my group of friends, the only one that felt that way. Uh Um, and then I would preface it a lot as like, you know, being like a young, a young teen being like, okay, like who's your, um, who's your guy crush or who's your celebrity crush. And then they'd always say a guy and I'd be like, okay, well your celebrity girl crush then too. And everyone would get awkward and I'd become like, no, well no, who do you think's like, what girl do you think is like the prettiest, prettiest, you know, whatever. But I would just be like, Oh no, I'm, I, 
think, you know, yeah. this woman is just yeah. sexually attractive. Yes. Um, and then that turned into watching pornography when I was getting older. And a lot of times my pornography would be kind of all over the place. And it would be with women and men, women and women, men and men. It was just yeah. kind of a spectrum. And um, I think I just never really knew what to do with it because I did feel just that humans in general were beautiful and humans in general were sexually attractive to me. Yes. Um, but I, that just wasn't an option. Yes. Growing up in the home that I did in a Christian home, it was not an option. So I literally didn't consider it. And a lot of it I think had to do with too, because it wasn't, I'm not a lesbian. It wasn't like men aren't attractive to me. Yes. Men were attractive and are attractive to me. So I would be like, well, that's who I'm going to go for yes. because women are not an option yes, for and, me. Yes, and, and also in those communities, you are always talking about your future husband, uh, you know, course, all that. And, yeah. and, and of course, our society, like you're talking about the Disney movies, it's all about like your Prince Charming, your yeah. husband. So especially I think if if you are bi, you sort of have this like automatic inclination from a young age to sort of like have a preference. You are going to go for what's easier. Yeah. Because it's and what's more accepted versus like when you are a gay man or a, a lesbian woman or whatever, like that's your, then you're like, that's all that I find attractive. Then we're having a different conversation, yeah. but I wasn't just, I was not just purely attracted to uh, women, yeah. you know? Um, and then What's oh God? What started to happen and was that's, uh, just you just made me think too. Yeah. Is that's an, another interesting thing about bisexuality? Is even being a lesbian or gay man, you almost to date to to identify as gay, just gay, yeah, to be attracted or to date someone or fuck somebody who's not the same gender. Almost you, like you take your gay card and almost like invalidates like. Who, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I knew a lesbian who ended up sleeping with a guy in high school, and it was just kind of like, oh, is she really lesbian? Yeah. And then I'll get into it with me, but I had the same experience when I was dating my gay boyfriend. Well, And there was a lot of, like, erasure yeah. that went along with that situation, which I'll get into, it was, but it's I'll very let you strange continue. that you and I both dated a gay man. Yeah. Because that was a big turning point for me in my head. When I was dating my um, my ex-boyfriend, I was young. Uh, he was old, a little bit older than me. Actually, quite a few years older than me, though, I think about it um <laughs> 50 <laughs> oh my god he was 72 but he was so cute um but he, also you though for real <laughs> yes for real <laughs> excuse me um but he um was in the same community as i was same christian community and i basically we dated for like a year and then i ended up getting emails from someone who i knew a man uh, saying your boyfriend's been sending me these emails and I think that you should know. <sighs> and they were romantic. Yes. And they were him confessing that he was gay. Oof. Now this came out of left field a little bit for me, <laughs> even though now that when I look at him, I'm like, like, Oh my God, of, of course he was. We were like the best of friends. He was like, he was a very just effeminate by nature. Did you have sexual experiences together? Now here's the weird part, right? Okay. So again, very Christian community. And so he, I was a freshman in high school. He was a senior. 
and he was very much like, I'm going to protect you. I, I don't want to, I don't want to take that from you. I'm going to protect you. And like, we'd like make up, make makeup. We'd make out and kind of like roll around. And that was really it. And I remember always being like, my mom, my mom would sometimes see us like from her balcony, would like peep out and see us in the jacuzzi. And she talked to me like the next day and be like, Jessica, you need to chill out. Leave that poor boy alone. You can tell he's trying to be strong and get away from you. And you're just like humping the heck out of him in the jacuzzi. <laughs> But I'm just like, I have no idea, completely yeah. oblivious. But basically what ended up happening is that, <laughs> is that him and I, um, I found out and then I walked in on him with someone and, oh God. and him and I had this, con- and I was devastated. Um, but at the same time I wasn't mad and we had this conversation and he was just kind of like, I love you and I am attracted to you and you're the only girl that I am attracted to. And I want to make this work and I don't want to be ostracized from the community. And I still to this day do believe that he was attracted to me. Mm. And I could feel that when we were together. Now, mm-hmm. did he want to have sex with me? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But there was something more than just like yes. friendship there. And then I told him I would keep his his secret because he did not want to be, you know, like kicked out of the church basically mm-hmm. for, and and I didn't say anything and then eventually um he it got it came out through someone else like months and months later um and I saw how he was treated mm. and it was just like well that's not an option yeah I can't yeah, do yeah, that yeah, yeah yeah that wouldn't be worth it um and did then, you like think that consciously that it wouldn't be worth it. But I mean, did you think that in terms of yourself? Um, it wasn't like this conscious, like, oh, I guess I can't experiment well, I mean, with did a you woman. Th- did you think of it as like, I am bisexual and I can't come out about that? Or was it not that? It was like- just more like always this icky feeling for mm-hmm. me. Like when I think about it, I was so uncomfortable and it went beyond, it went beyond like, I don't like how this human being is being treated. Yeah. And it went to like a, I'm not okay with this and, the, and it's, but it's more than that. But it wasn't like this. He had this active, like, I guess I'm not going to do that yes. with a girl, but it was just more these seeds that were getting planted in my head growing up that like messages that yeah, you exactly. were being sent. Like yes. I can't, it, it's just not, a, like you said, it's just not an option. And, um, yeah. And then as I continued to like date people and then Evan and I were in a relationship and I've always been very open with Evan about how I feel um, when it comes to women, which is one of my most favorite things about him is that at a young age from a very Christian community, he, there was never any judgment with him. He was always very much like. How did you like first start? Did did you you just like weave it into casual conversations? I talked to him about it when it came to pornography. Yeah. And I was kind of like, one day we were like talking to each other, like, you know, what, what do you kind of watch? Yeah. And I told him that I liked to see women together. Yeah. And he was then kind of like, do you like, have you ever been with a woman? Yeah. And I was like, no, but like, and then I just tried to explain to him that I feel m- that women are sexually attractive. Yes. And he <laughs> didn't do didn't do either of the things where he's like oh nice yeah, 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 <laughs> and yeah. make it into a sexual thing yeah, yeah, that yeah. I find women attractive he like was fetishizing just, exactly it, yeah. exactly just very respectful and then he also was not like oh seriously like and start like acting weird about it he just yeah. was kind of like okay and it's been like that for our entire relationship since yeah. where he's just like no I know that Jessica has this inclination that I and I've never acted on it yeah because you know, cut to years later, 
I'm still involved in a very uh, conservative community. Evan and I continue to date. I now that I look back, I go, wow, 90 percent of my best friends are all queer, uh-huh. all queer women. Uh-huh. And they're all kind of like like as the church maybe would think casualties falling around me like there they go off into the world and like you know they're whatever and and they're experimenting you know whatever and and it's so funny now it's like they are in most of them are like in these incredible relationships um but it was I was drawn to that community but again then there was this weird feeling of like I can't do that Mm. But I feel connected to this community. But do I have any right to feel connected Mm -hmm. to this community? And when all my, even to this day, like when I'm hanging out with all my queer, queer girlfriends, like everyone always thinks that I'm gay. Um, And I, it always makes me, I feel like connected. And then I feel uncomfortable because then I feel like I don't have the right to say that. Exactly. Because I'm like, because I have not acted on any sort of uh, curiosity I may have. And I don't know if or think I probably ever will. I mean, I'm in a monogamous straight relationship that I'm planning on staying in. And I sometimes I'm like, I don't know what to do with that. You know, in co- like yeah. conversationally or just how I feel emotionally. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's I think a, that's a difficult place to be at. So what was when you were you were bringing up the erasure with your with your yeah so I guess I'll just go into me and it's something that I've really been exploring a lot lately on this whole topic I've been reading a lot of articles I've been sending them to Jess (laughs) the best article I am a researcher she's the queen of research for this podcast I'm a researcher um, when it comes to things that I care about and I want to know all angles. And um, I also have a friend who she has like come out fully as bisexual. The interesting thing is she was raised in a very liberal household Mm -hmm. in our small conservative community. And she was always the one that was like going to pride at seven years old and like going to going to protests with her parents about like environmental stuff. And so she was in one of those households. However, yeah, she was the one that like all our gay friends would come out to in high school. However, she talks very openly now about how she did not until very recently feel comfortable coming out as bisexual and like owning that identity. Interesting, okay. And interestingly, I have to find the statistics, but bisexual people, I believe next to trans people, are experience like the highest rates of like depression, mm-hmm. anxiety, mm-hmm. sexual assault, like all these different things. Um and so while bisexual people have definitely very uh, specific privileges mm-hmm. like we can be with someone that's opposite sex of course um yeah. we also experience a lot of i'm saying we oh god um uh, it's something that bisexual people experience a lot of erasure and a lot of identity conflict regardless mm-hmm. of their upbringing anyway so the thing for me is i did not um I don't really remember having any sort of like sexual experience or thoughts um, as a young girl or like anything about anything having to do with women. Okay. So, yeah. In fact, I will say that now I like, I look men up and down and, you know, I like, sometimes my mind goes there and I'm like, oh my God, I would go get fucked by you in this airplane bathroom (laughs) right now. But I'm not that way with women. You okay, know? I'm so curious. I don't want to interrupt you, but I'm what? so curious to hear when maybe 
you started to feel more inclined Go to ahead. women yeah well that's the thing i still don't now i don't like look women up and down and like i would want to fuck you i don't feel that way sure um sure. i feel that way about men i don't feel that way about women except maybe the very androgynous mm-hmm, mm-hmm. woman with very male energy mm-hmm. um then maybe yeah definitely then in that scenario but that's almost me relating to that woman in a male female kind of energy way and it's sure. interesting it's something that we touched on actually in our queer conversation i think it's something that tori said and she was like you have very female energy mm-hmm. and i do feel that way when i think about it i'm like i am attracted to like male energy and male energy in women mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so anyway nothing yeah nothing really stood out to me as a kid or anything like that which is part of the reason too and it's interesting i sent um just an article and it was like why some people aren't born this way and it doesn't mean that like gay people aren't born that way it's talking about like how some people may come into their bisexuality or their different sexual identities later in life may Mm -hmm. dip in and out of them and how that doesn't invalidate their experience or Mm -hmm. the way that they're identifying at that point in their life which may be really hard for some people to hear um anyway so i do remember though that in high school i had a really close girlfriend um and i remember like we we were very close we did everything together and i remember feeling like i wanted to have sex with her like i wanted to make out with her Mm -hmm. and i didn't really like think anything of it i didn't like analyze it or anything i was like i guess that's just like the way i feel towards her it's really funny i think back on all these experiences and i've never once even considered with myself like oh maybe i'm bisexual i was just kind of like I feel that way. And, um, but nothing came of it. I mean, like it was one of those things we like kissed at parties and whatever, you know, stupid. And, uh, our friendship ended. Anyway, I started dating, which I've talked about, I feel like many times before, um, a guy who wasn't out. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny. I just went back this past weekend and looked like an, e- look at an essay he wrote in college and sent to me. And he talked about in that essay how he had always like felt like he was attracted to men, but it was always this inner dialogue of like, are you gay? What's going on? But then he like decided sophomore year of high school, like he came out for the first time to one of his friends and was like, I am gay. I'm attracted to men. Then literally first day, junior year of high school, we passed each other by. You came walking in. Seriously. And he talks about in the essay, I like we walked past each other and he was just like, I, he wrote in his essay, I've never seen a girl that I felt that way about mm-hmm. when I saw her. And he was like, I was attracted to like the skirt that she was wearing, like the way she walked, you know, everything talking about me. And uh, he was really popular. And so he like had one of his friends tell me like, this guy like really likes you. So I was like, well, I'll ask him to Sadie's because that was coming up. I didn't <laughs> know course. him, but I was like, I'm going to ask him to Sadie's because like, that'll be fun. He of seems course. fun. And we started hanging out and it was like I instantly felt like something between yeah, him and I. Yeah. And I had my like I had some friends who were close friends with him and they were like, he's gay. He's gay. And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know, though, like the way he talks to me, yeah, yeah. like the way his voice is when he talks to me, the way he like looks at me. I didn't really say that, but I was just like, it doesn't like doesn't really doesn't feel gay. I don't get gay energy from him. And he may have been giving it off to everyone else, but (laughs) I wasn't getting the gay energy. I was like, I don't know. I I feel like I have a pretty good radar. Anyway, 
enter into like a year long, very tumultuous back and forth thing with him and I, but there was always this very strong sexual attraction and we would get high with each other and like make out in the back of his car and it would just be like so sensual. Yeah. It's still to this day one of the most sensual experiences I've ever had with a person. And it was just so very like, yeah. it, it was like yeah. the first time I ever like felt like, whoa, like making out, kissing someone can feel this way, like touching someone mm-hmm. can feel this way. And sometimes I would get so nervous that I would literally like start to, I'd have to walk out of the car and start dry heaving because I felt so nervous about how I was feeling. Um, anyway, I'm getting off track, but. Did you he, guys ever have sex? Well, I was a virgin. I wanted to stay a virgin, yeah. but I sucked his dick. Like we touched yeah. each other and it was something that was very like, it was a very sexual relationship, mm-hmm. even though we never actually had sex. And we would talk about having sex in the future. Mm-hmm. And we would talk about like, if we're still both single 10 years from now, of course, like let's get together, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, he ended up telling me he was gay at two in the morning in the Carl's Jr. drive through. Um, we were super stoned and I just, it was something I kind of already knew. Yeah. I had been hearing rumors and it kind of, like sunk my heart but when he told me that I was like okay but like we're not gay like you know like right you're not gay with me and I didn't even think twice about it we Mm. kept having a relationship and I even knew that he was fucking other people but I was just kind of like he doesn't feel like I know he doesn't feel in his heart for them the way he feels for me which actually now I just had a head moment we've been talking about polyamory recently and i realized that i don't think i'm a polyamorous person but i could very much be someone in an open relationship because when i think back on my relationship with him i literally had no issue with him fucking these other people well you always will like even over this past year like you'll when open relationships get brought up you'll like want to like talk and have questions about yeah, it because it's kind of like yeah you're interested in and i've i'm i just realized right now like that was actually my first experience with it i knew mm-hmm. he was fucking other guys mm-hmm. and it didn't matter to me what mattered to me is his intimacy and so i remember mm-hmm. him talking about cuddling this guy that he was fucking and i was just like <laughs> no like and it really hurt me yeah anyway so That relationship with him was really interesting because our friend who I've said has come out recently as bisexual and all this to her, she was very like always kind of about invalidating our relationship and would be like, but you're gay, but he's gay. Mm -hmm. And she would always Mm -hmm. insert that. And I was like, why are you constantly invalidating our relationship? Like, clearly his dick is super hard and we're like we love like, like, i don't know what to tell you we're in, like we were in love with each other yeah, yeah. and he'll say it now it hasn't changed mm-hmm. eight, eight or nine years in the future we mm-hmm. still know that that was real anyway so that was my first experience like seeing someone's bisexuality continually be invalidated and mm-hmm. our relationship mm-hmm. be invalidated mm-hmm. and it was my first experience with someone that was not i guess personally a gay experience but I was intertwined in one in a way. Yeah. I'd be so interested, like, because with him, you were his one kind of shooting star. The a unicorn. Little bit. You were the unicorn. And then when I think about my ex and, you know, we've had conversations since and he was like, I, you know, has validated me say like validated the fact that like he was in love with me. Yeah. We were in love with each other. If, <clears throat> if when I found out that he was, gay and was sleeping with other men I wasn't like I can't do this because 
I was Can't like, be, yeah. couldn't be with someone who was sleeping with other men. It was literally more like, you're not giving me now what I need because I know you can have sex with these other people, but you're not able to do it with yes. me. Yes, of course. It makes and so sense. I love you. And if, if you were down to do that with me, maybe this would be a different conversation. And maybe him and I would have lasted a lot longer. We always joke, like maybe we would have gotten married because we loved each other. Yeah. But it's so interesting to me because it's like from my ex's perspective, it's like, he's not bisexual. He's like, I am gay. Yeah. Like I am a gay man. And, um, but I just happened to be this one person that he was in love with, but I, he wasn't in love with sexually me. attracted Se- sexually. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then of course my ex struggles because he doesn't feel confident in saying bisexual mm-hmm. because you he mostly just one. sleeps with and dates men. Yeah. And it's like, do I get to call myself bisexual because I had one straight experience in yeah. high school, but yeah. also why the fuck not? Mm-hmm. Who's, who's the bi police? Saying Mm -hmm. that you can't truly call yourself by. Anyway, I'll finish up my story real quick. Um, It's something we talked about, I think our fifth ever episode. I think our fifth ever episode. We talked about uh, friendships. Female friendships. Yes, I remember your your conversation. Yeah, and of course I'm talking about all this. I'm like, this isn't bisexual. With the mean girl. Yeah, I know. I'm still kind of heartbroken about it. Uh, And I realized that that might be a layer of it too. My friend I had in... I'm going to listen to the full story on like episode five, literally episode five. It's a great episode. It is. Um, I had a friend in college who we were basically really close and um, yeah, there was a definitely sexually sexual undertone. We would always kind of like somehow end up drunk and be like in the shower together and like all these just different kind of little subtle things. And then one night she asked me something about like how I kiss and we ended up and making out and then she said no homo and so that was like the thing so obviously homegirl is in denial about her own bisexuality clearly she said um, no homo after she kissed you oh she said no she said why don't you she was like how do you what do you think you kiss like like i always wonder how i kiss that's what yes. she said which is yeah. like, very valid very valid i definitely very valid. understand yeah, that. get that and she's like, I think I'm a good customer. I was like, I think I am too. And she was like, why don't you show me no homo? Which, by the way, this is leading into every lesbian porno ever. Like, why don't you show me how you make out? What the fuck? I didn't say no homo? No, that's the most homo thing I've ever heard. Why am I getting, like, hot over here? I know, right, because yeah. it's a sexy scenario. Yeah. And it was very hot when you were making out. And, um... And yeah, and I, I always remember like getting jealous of her with her boyfriends and like getting jealous. I remember getting jealous. Uh, all this is just really I'm seeing it in a new light as I'm saying yeah, it. Yeah. I remember she went to some sorority event and she like made out with three girls and there and I was like jealous. And I remember feeling that way. But again, not really recognizing mm-hmm, it. I was mm-hmm. just like, of course, I feel jealous of her making out with women because I want to have sex with her. I'm not <laughs> bisexual. Um so, but both of these scenarios came out of having like very close, intimate relationships with mm-hmm. women. So I guess I can confidently say that I, and, and even then, yeah. And so I don't feel like I can say that I'm bi because for me, I am mostly just attracted to men. And then if I am in specific relationships with women, I will begin to experience sexual attraction to them. Right. And I, and I, I don't feel I think like you're a little more I think you're a little more 
little more bi. <laughs> I think maybe it was just something that was like from a young, a younger age to me. I don't know. But I also didn't, I didn't personally experience sexual thoughts. I had no even concept of sexuality until I was like yeah. 15. I would say, let's just say college. If the experience would have ever presented itself, if a woman who I found attractive at my college tried to start kissing me, I a hundred percent would have, but I never had that. Well, um, I think I probably would too. Yeah. I, I never had that, um, presented to me yeah, at situation. all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wanted <laughs> fucking bitches. <laughs> and, and since the only time that it was ever made an option where someone was interested in me who was a woman. I was in a relationship mm. and I'm not going to cheat. You know what I mean? So it was like when I was single, that was never an opportunity that presented itself. So I don't feel comfortable by any means saying that like I'm bisexual because I've never had a bisexual experience. And to be completely honest with you, I don't know if, if let's just say I'd start making out with a woman and I'd enjoy it. And then we try to take it further like, I have no idea how I'd feel because I've never tried it. So yeah. I don't feel comfortable saying that. Well, then let's get into this discussion. I'm cracking <laughs> yes. my knuckles. You can't see it. Yes. Before we get into this, oof, Becca's got some, some great articles. Before we get into that, though. Okay, so I know we've been talking about people in our lives that we love or may come to love, but another important group of individuals that we care about are our dogs. And one of the best ways you can show your pup how much you love them is by making sure what food goes into their bodies, that that food is quality and will help them live a full and healthy life, which is why we love, love the farmer's dog. The farmer's dog is a smarter, healthier pet food, a service that delivers balanced, freshly made pet food with simple recipes guided by science and driven by love. They use fresh, wholesome ingredients like human grade meat, like meat we would eat, and veggies gently cooked to meet USDA standards using vet designed recipes. You can trust what your dog is eating because you can actually see and smell all the ingredients in the food, not like when you buy a bag of kibble. Listen, a diet of fresh food for dogs is linked to a wealth of health benefits smoother coat clearer skin regulated weight better poops fresher breath and more balanced energy levels and it's also a great option for dogs dealing with a range of specific health issues from allergies to sensitive tummies and just like with humans we don't want to eat processed packaged dry food all the time we eat whole food exactly and when the farmer's dog actually wanted to work with us i was like great amazing quality health food for my dog i'm all in and i was talking with them on the phone and i told them that i have my big lovable 200 pound mastiff boris who seems healthy overall but he gets these allergies and he's had them pretty badly lately and he's so itchy all the time and gets this kind of patchy hair loss sometimes and i couldn't figure out if it's seasonal or what. Then they told me, if you start using our food, we're pretty confident it'll get better. Like his coat will be shinier. And um, we've had so many owners uh, say once they start using the farmer's dog food that the allergies subsided. And I was like, okay, that's, you guys sound pretty confident. <laughs> Hand to God, I swear to you, within two weeks of Boris eating this food, all his patchy hair loss spots filled in. His itching went down a ton and his coat is super shiny. Okay, I can't make you any guarantees that it's a cure-all, but I can say confidently that I personally saw a huge difference in my dog. Um, and Boris is 
so grateful, obviously, as am I. And my gosh, he's obsessed with the food, too. I can barely set it down and it's all gone. The farmer's dog is a smarter, healthier option, making it as simple as possible to give your dog a better diet. Start your trial today. Go to farmersdog.com slash chatty and you'll save 50% off and get free shipping. That's the farmersdog.com slash chatty for 50% off your trial with free shipping. The farmersdog.com slash chatty. Um, I'm just really psyched today about our sponsors because I love all of them so much. And this particular company, I have been using their service for years, me too. Me too. years, and they have saved me countless amounts of time. It's care.com. Care.com is the world's largest digital marketplace for finding and managing family care. At care.com, you can find care for everyone in the family, whether you need childcare while you're at work or uh, want to line up a date night sitter, which is so important. Care.com is there for you. Find sitters and nannies, housekeepers, dog walkers, senior care tutors, errand runners, and more full-time, part-time, anytime. I know care.com is great because I also have used it for years. I got my first First job off care.com five years ago and every single nanny job I've had I believe it's four or five families has been from care.com it's always been an amazing experience and uh yeah I, I've loved all the yeah, families I've I loved with from the site because we have you who have actually worked been a nanny, been a nanny through yeah. care.com and then myself who have been using uh, uh, babysitters and nannies from care.com. I think only we can had confidently say that from both sides, it's been an amazing experience. Oh my goodness. And I, I always paid for like the premium nanny service because then I got like to customize my profile, see mm-hmm. who saw my profile, like directly apply for jobs. It was awesome. Well, when I moved to LA, I was really nervous. Like who's going to babysit my child when I need to have a meeting or even wanted a date night. I don't have family out here. So I went to care.com and I was so glad I did. Um, I found about four or five babysitters that I absolutely adore. I feel like they're like part of my family and I couldn't trust them more than I do. Um, and like you were saying, uh, with the premium, uh, also, when you sign up, uh, I had decided to sign up for the premium membership so that I was able to see the background checks, reference checks, qualifications and certifications when searching for a potential caregiver. Uh, Care.com has also helped me in a bind so many times when I needed super last minute help. Um, just popped on the site, entered my zip code and saw all the great sitters near me. And then I used Care.com to book and to pay. And I tell literally everyone about care talks great join for free as a basic member and start searching for great local caregivers once you upgrade to premium membership you can reach out to them schedule interviews and even book and pay for care online or through the app to save 30 percent off a care.com premium membership visit care.com slash chatty or enter pro- promo code chatty when you subscribe that's 30 percent off a care.com premium membership by visiting care.com slash chatty or enter promo code chatty when you subscribe i think i've literally had like one two three four i think i've had like six families that i've worked for through care.com wow, always great so always much. great all right let's look at the definition first of bisexual please The definition of bisexual is sexually attracted, not exclusively, to people of one particular gender. So it's not actually having had sex. No. Just attracted. It means sexually attracted. Okay. Let's then get into this article by um, an author. You can follow her. uh, Oh, no, actually, this wasn't her article, but she posted it and she's an author, an Instagram girl that talks a lot about bisexuality. And I really encourage you to follow her because she has some really eye-opening 
perspectives on this topic. Her Instagram is Gab Alexa, like mm-hmm. Gabrielle, G-A-B Alexa. She posted this article called, What Does It Mean to Be Bicurious? So, uh, dictionaries differ on what exactly the word, when bicurious was first used. Seems like it came in the 70s, 80s, or 90s. Uh, but it basically means curious about exploring or experimenting with bisexuality. The problem, as oh, Gabrielle Alexa explains, the term bicurious implies that someone needs to have a certain amount of sexual experience before they can identify as bisexual. And she goes on to say, to me, the term bicurious reflects a belief that orientation is something you have to explore sexually and romantically before it's real. This idea isn't unique to bisexuality. We hear it a lot when preteens and teenagers identify as anything other than straight. The suggestion is that they're too young and have to explore first. Mm. But we don't question straight people. We don't say, you don't know if you're straight. You haven't explored yet. You haven't had any straight experiences yet. You haven't actually dated a boy. How can you say that you're straight, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She says, I I think for many folks, bi-curious is a label they're led to believe they have to come out as before they've gathered enough evidence via sexual or romantic experience to prove their bisexuality to others. It's a product of biphobia because we don't expect heterosexual people to be sexually experienced, as I said. Mm -hmm. In fact, they can save themselves from marriage and still be straight. The word bi-curious plays into bisexual invisibility and erasure because it's the phenomenon that says bisexual folks sexual orientation isn't believed or taken seriously if we see a bisexual woman dating a man or so anyway what's unique is bisexuality is particularly disbelieved and stigmatized we always have to prove ourselves first mm-hmm. anyway so i think she explains it really well yeah and she basically says which can feel even kind of radical for people in the gay community is you don't have to do anything to label yourself as bisexual other than to be sexually attracted to both men and women or to two more than one gender. I'm like tripping out because when I think about it, like I think about the fact that if, okay, for instance, if you were to look at me and say, I am bisexual, I've never had a sexual experience with a woman, but I am attracted to them sexually. I would go, yeah, for sure you're bisexual. I completely hear you. But there's something about labeling myself that way. And it's not by any means a feeling of like, oh, I feel ashamed to do it. It's like, I don't feel like I'm worthy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I guess just because I haven't... Well, and here's the I thing. haven't experienced you, you it don't and I haven't to, had don't, to go through any sort this of... This is the thing. You don't have to experience oppression to be gay. That's true. You know? Yeah. You could grow up in liberal Venice, California and never leave in your whole life being mm-hmm. people be praising you for being gay. Are you any less and gay you, because no. you haven't experienced no, and I a know, difficult time? And I know so many... Not so many. I used to know so many gay people who had never had a sexual experience with anyone at all. Mm-hmm. And I was like, of course you're gay. Sure. Even though they hadn't had an actual sexual experience. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to experience any kind of difficulty to be queer enough, you know, to call yourself queer. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's another thing I've seen actually a lot on the internet, a conversation I keep see- seeing come up. I mean, I do follow a lot of sort of like, radical feminism accounts and stuff like that but i keep seeing this thing of like 
are you really queer or are you just claiming it for clout? And I actually have a really serious problem with that question because, yeah, you might just be asking that question, but I really do believe it's harmful to buy people who may then be like, oh, my God, like, am I like, am I do, are people going to think I'm attention seeking, mm -hmm. which is something by people get called a lot. Mm -hmm. And my kind of thing is, for one, you have no idea what's going on in people's heads or bedrooms. So you have no way of saying that they're never actually they're claiming queerness, but are never actually being queer. Because mm -hmm. let's be very clear about this. You don't have to have a purple mohawk and freaking, you know what I mean? Yeah, and like course. wear black leather combat boots and be like, I'm a lesbian to be a lesbian. Right, you know, exactly. you, some people express their sexuality in different ways. And some people, yeah. it's just their preference for the people they want to fucking date. Yeah. And it doesn't come out in any other expression in their life. Well, I think about like a lot of, um, or some of the celebrities that have come out as bisexual and a lot of the stigma that just even as celebrities that they have to deal with. Like I think about, for instance, um, Halsey. Yeah. And she has made it very clear that she's bisexual. Um, but she has really only openly dated men. And I know I um I'm not like BFFs with her, but I do know her and her like community fairly well just because of music, whatever yeah. crossover stuff. And um, it's been extremely painful for her because she's constantly questioned by the straight community and the gay community being like, well, you're only dating like G Easy and Youngblood and Machine Gun Kelly and all these like macho guys and Youngblood's not as much, but these like macho guys, like, and you're saying that you're bisexual. Sure. You're uh -huh. doing it. You're doing it to sexualize yourself, to make yourself more mysterious and make yourself like, get attention because you're quote unquote unique. And I know it's been devastatingly painful for her. And let me tell you something, not that, you know, whatever, it doesn't need to be said, but I can tell you this. And I'm going to say it. But I'm going to say it anyways. Even if that girl had never been in a, a, rela a sexual relationship with a woman, which is not, she has, and she's talked about that, but you're with her and you see her in a room She's fucking bisexual. Also, who the fuck are who you the, to and, and question who, someone's sexuality if that's what they're identifying exactly. as? But it's just she's gotten so much heat for the fact that she's using it to sexualize herself yeah. and to be different. Yeah. And it's devastating. Well, and I even saw under, again, one of these woke Instagram accounts uh, in their comments, people talking about Miley Cyrus and how Miley Cyrus is just trying to get clout. Oh, and it's God. like... Here's the thing. Miley Cyrus coming out as pansexual. Look, even if we never saw her making out with women or mm -hmm. whatever, mm -hmm. like I said, we have no idea what goes on in her personal life or in her brain and in her heart. Mm -hmm. But also what damage, maybe some people will correct me on this. I'm open to being corrected. What damn, how are we creating damage? Even if someone is in all truthfulness truthfulness just claiming queerness mm -hmm. what harm is coming from someone who's an influential figure saying i'm bi mm -hmm. i'm pan whatever and that's okay and i'm mm -hmm. proud making it more culturally acceptable exactly. when huge icons are opening it up do sometimes and i understand when there's someone who is seems to be like making 
what maybe the the queer community might feel like a mockery of it because they're just like all over, you know, whatever, whatever that may look like for the queer community. But it still is normalizing it to the rest of the world when they're seeing someone who's on their TV screens all the time, on their Instagram all the time, being in a queer relationship or talking about you know, their sexuality yeah. openly or whatever. And and maybe some people experience bitterness because they had such a hard time and it can seem so course, easy for other people course. to go through, which I understand, but you, sh- you, you can't downplay someone else's experience just because it seems like it was easier than the one that you right. had to go to. That's you, not fair. Do you know what it's, I don't know if I should even compare this with it, but you know what, whatever. Um, it's kind of how I feel sometimes uh, when it comes to mental health stuff. Mm. So I've gone through, I've gone I t- through, the, I, 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 yeah, I've gone through saying. the ringer in a lot of ways, like, you know, and we've talked about it. We had a, um, episode where I talk about my, um, bipolar and for so many years, it literally just debilitated my life yeah. and had daily panic attacks, hospitalization, like all sorts of terrible, terrible stuff. And by the way, mine is mild compared to some other people's. So I am even just talking out of the side of my mouth in that way, but that's my experience. But when I would interact with certain friends who would be like, I have anxiety and would like post about it and do whatever. And I would know that in comparison to my journey, I would judge them and go, you maybe get nervous. Sometimes you don't have anxiety unless listen, listen at the end of the day, maybe, maybe they actually don't have diagnosed anxiety disorder, but them putting it out there. I have to know does normalize it does make mental health awareness a a bigger it's a bigger fucking hashtag on instagram now and people are talking about it but it doesn't mean that i'm not bitter when i see someone i know who has more instagram followers than me getting all this like love of like you're you're brave you're doing it when i go that that person doesn't have anxiety i think that's a great comparison because i even brought it up on our mental health episode because i was like yeah i feel the same way Mm -hmm. i'm like yeah you're going to say that you have mental health issues mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. like you don't want to talk on the phone sometimes. Right. Like, okay. Right. And I did the same thing. Right. And right. I definitely still struggle with that feeling where I'll like sometimes even have to unfollow people. Cause I'm like, I can't handle you're like, this. You're fine. <laughs> but the thing is like, who are we to say that? They, yeah, yeah. First of all, fine. I don't know what their life is behind closed doors because I even actually posted, I guess it'll be a few days ago now about my own journey, like with certain suicide attempts and whatever. And no one would have known that because I seemed fine on the outside and I'd go back behind closed doors and I have a very different experience mm-hmm. so we don't know what life looks like in someone's home and at the very least they're destigmatizing it exactly so exactly so bada bing bada boom <laughs> knock that one out of the park ah, that's the crowd cheering but um, i do but I, I i it is so like i'm gonna be honest with you like this conversation is like kind of tripping my brain out because it is something that i'm like so processing through like when i do think about just my life and like unpacking all these areas of how would I feel if I wouldn't have been taught this or if Mm. this would have been allowed or why am I being so judgmental of myself you know all all these these types of things but this is such a good conversation to have having a three-year-old daughter yep like how different and this is no shade to my family like it was a different time. People were processing things. And I know my parents did the best, the best that they could. Um, and they're wonderful parents, but like how, how much different would my kid, like would my life be 
if it would have been open. Yeah. And I love my husband and I'm very happy to be with him. But I think about Ember and if I am able to create an environment where, like you said, I'm not making her automatically straight mm-hmm. where she's just her. That's the default. Yeah. 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 I know. Trust me. I think about the same thing. Cause there's actually a girl I was looking at on Instagram who has two lesbian moms and she has a girlfriend and I'm like, doesn't mean that she's lesbian just cause she has two lesbian moms. It just means mm-hmm. that from a very young age, she's like, yeah, if I'm attracted to this girl, I'll be with her. If I'm attracted to this guy, I'll be with him. If I'm attracted to this person, like whatever. Right. And just like, it's just like a chill thought, just like it is to have a boyfriend. Right. They just made it okay yeah i actually had two oh this is so <laughs> and that's of course not to say that everyone is bi by any means no, of course not of course not i i am um, that's so funny that you bring up the girl on instagram because i always forget this i don't know how i forget this but when i was in college and i went to a christian college two of my roommates had lesbian moms two oh, really? different ones yeah and it was always such like an interesting conversation with them. And I wish I would have talked with them more about it, but I was just like not in the space where I was allowing myself to, yeah. but they, they had their two lesbian mothers. Um, and they were both, uh, straight girls, mm. but there was such an interesting dynamic because though they were like very conservative Christian and they made that choice on their own, their parents didn't raise them that way. Yeah. There was an openness that was so different. And I think that's why I was like drawn to them. (laughs) It was just like, like my one roommate was, uh, very conservative, but like super liberal politically, like super involved in politics, but like in her own personal life, she was very conservative, Mm -hmm. but was like, everyone should be able to make their own choice, but Mm -hmm. I'm very conservative, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then the other girl was just more like floaty, but was straight, but it's just allowing, allowing that to be a possibility would just be like, what a world would we live in if... Well, it may not look so different from what we saw not too long ago. So this is what I please. This is an article I sent to Jess that I found fascinating. This article blew my mind. Very fascinating. So in the 1940s, sexologist Alfred Kinsey uh, basically did a huge major report on male sexuality in the U.S. Um, He had a gay guy do this study um, photographing hustlers on the beach, which I guess is like, I don't know what the term for hustler is in the 40s, but I I got it to mean like a gay man. I'm not sure. Hustling for sex. I don't know. That's sort of what I got. Um, Anyway, he talks about the men's sexual prowess and the changing landscape of Coney Island's gay scene. Apparently, there was a big gay hub. Um, said many men agreed to sleep with him. Uh, da, 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 da. They don't necess- They didn't see themselves as being any different in their sexuality because what they were of what they were doing with men. Mm-hmm. Uh, in one letter. He paraphrased a heterosexual identified man who slept with him, and the man said. It does him no harm. It's not unpleasant. So why not do it? Mm -hmm. Which is a very like fluid way of looking at sex. Um, But by the mid 1950s, categories of heterosexuality and homosexuality hardened in the American consciousness. And the person doing the study noticed a change. These straight identifying men could move freely in and out of queer spaces, but they were now defined by their association with queer men. So women wouldn't sleep them. At, women wouldn't women wouldn't sleep with them anymore because they thought the men were homosexual. Mm. Homoso, hom- 
help me. <laughs> These men were homosexual. And the mixed bars that served both queer and straight mm. people started closing down. And uh, basically this vision of sexuality in our culture began to discount bisexuality. And men who had a more fluid, fluid sense of their own heterosexuality had to su suppress their desires. Another thing this man uh, did a study on, he found 30% of men who identified as straight, this is in the 40s, and 13% of women had had at least one overt homosexual experience to the point of orgasm. Which but is straight. Which is in the 1950s, correct? 40s. So the, the 50s is where everything started Cha to like okay, in the change. Yeah, the 1940s. But in the which, 40s... Which, by the way, let's just, just sit on that number for a second. Well, to the point of orgasm, that's a high number. Yes. That's a high number. Um... Yeah, there haven't actually been any studies that have been able to replicate that right, since. Right. However, the decade at the time could have influenced that. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it could have, we might not be able to replicate it because our culture and society may have shifted so much. However, mm -hmm. in 1994, 25% of men and 16% of women said that they had had a homosexual experience. However, less than a quarter of those people identified as gay or bisexual. So we have a quarter of men and 15% of women and a quarter of each of those people identify as gay or bisexual. Wow. So he also talks about in this article how doing different surveys, people at different points in their life mm -hmm. may identify differently and how there's some women and men in later years who have reported a change in their sexual desires. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. What were you going to say? <laughs> no, I was just, that was why I was going to ask you when you were talking about um, your uh, interest in certain women, if there was like a point in your life that it was. It was only when I met the women that I wanted to sleep with. Okay. Yeah. You know, it, I, I never had any of that feeling it wasn't or any of that like desire overt. until I met and had relationships with each of these specific women got it got it okay and i sort of feel like i probably won't feel that way again until i have another close relationship with a woman that i that you're for whatever reason i'm attracted sure to. yeah i so for me when i was like i said my whole life it's just found women sexually attractive in in a, like when I was younger, it was more of just like sex in general was attractive. And then there'd be blips throughout my life where like I would notice myself finding certain women more attractive, yes. you know, sexually or whatever. Um, but specifically when I read that part of the article, it like really hit me because there haven't there hasn't ever really been a point in my life where uh, throughout that journey that I was like, I am interested like where I was al allowed myself to really be like I'm interested in discovering what it's like to be with a woman where mm. I was like overt in my brain until I got pregnant wow and as soon as I got pregnant I literally was like it went from being like I would see a woman who um I thought was attractive and be like like I mean here's the thing when I go out and I see a guy who I think is is hot i'm like oh damn he's hot and then i move on because i'm in a happy relationship that i'm like satisfied with but when i was pregnant i would see a woman out on numerous occasions and the You'd woman like, would I like want to sleep with her yes 
And it would be like there was a one specific day where I was out and this woman came up to me and started talking to me. And I literally was I've never been more red in my life. I was so like physically turned on like I had to run home, <gasps> take care of biz. <laughs> yes. And I was just like and I thought about her for like weeks. Whoa. And it was like, what is and I felt so guilty, not because of it being a woman, but because I'm married and I yeah. felt bad and I eventually was like Evan I need to tell you something and he was like babe it's fine you know yeah. whatever um but it was so interesting because when I was pregnant it was like whatever my hormones were doing they well, were a like, lot shifted in you though in a lot of ways very true I was all of a sudden very much that was when I really changed um my openness uh spiritually and I started well, to really mental search. health that's really true too yeah like everything that's a lot shifted it was very and since and since then i'm not raging like i was when i was pregnant junior high boy (laughs) like looking for women like anybody 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 but i'm definitely like it's more it it's it now where necessarily like i would now i feel like when i see a guy out and i'll be like oh damn he's hot and i'll then i'll look at a woman and i'll be like oh damn she's hot Versus before, it would just kind of be like every once in a while in the back of my mind. Well, I do actually remember you just brought up for me that I also had it. I just remembered um, a specific experience when our gym does, uh, climbing gym does um, Thai massage classes. Sometimes you get paired up with random people. And Uh I got paired up with this girl. And I remember she was this beautiful redhead girl. And I remember we did this Thai massage, which is like very intimate. It's so weird that you just like pair up with random people. That was always interesting, (laughs) but kind of fun. Yeah. Um, And like a good exercise for putting yourself out of your comfort zone. But anyway, I just remember like feeling really attracted to her Mm -hmm. and like after. So maybe it isn't just in close relationships, but um but that was so but that was so interesting that it was like when i was reading that about the different points in your life and you know part of me was wondering like while i'm pregnant was it so was my was my attraction towards women heightened so much more maybe because my body was like craving it craving a different sort of intimacy like i Mm. was already filled with child so my like oh, that's really get get pregnant like I didn't need to get impregnate my body. My body was already impregnated. So then it was kind of like okay, like well, I was definitely looking- disgusted by the scent and appearance and presence of men for the first <laughs> trimester, where they would make me nauseous. So I think you're on to something. I wasn't attracted to women, but I was like, men, all of you go die. Yeah. Um, but- well, but Anyhow, also, you know, like yeah. our sexual preferences in our sexual relationships, I'm not even talking about sexual identity with men or women, mm-hmm. change as we get old, as, as we ebb and flow in our lives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like there are things that I was so into two years ago that I'm just like not that into right now. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'll be into it again in five years. Mm-hmm. So there may be times in your life where you're more bi than others. Yeah. And I know that this may be, may, be, may make feel may make people bristle maybe who are gay but i think that the point of all this is that a lot of people are sexually fluid Mm -hmm. and some may be more so than others Mm -hmm. and i like that term a lot more than bisexuality is sexual fluidity um and i think that that's how i would identify Mm -hmm. because i still even after all of this don't really feel like i can call myself bisexual um but sexual fluidity, which I think you should bring up in the chart. 
thing. Yes, yes. Before we do the chart quick, I do want to say there was a part in this article that you sent me when we were when uh, they were discussing feeling it in different at different points of your life. That was so like when you're and you're talking about like it maybe like might bristle people. This is when when this is being said, there is no part of us that's trying to invalidate anything. In fact, it's quite the opposite. In this article, it talks about the fact that there was a position that the gay community got put into because they were being criminalized and being treated as less than equal, that the only way that they could really get us in our idiot country (laughs) to, to really consider them is by proving the... Uh, the genetic, the scientific backing yes, I of about this, about that article. yeah, the scientific backing of people are born this way, and they had to push that because the fact is, yes, one gajillion percent people are born that way, but then they just focused on that because it's the only way that some people would actually take Validate, it seriously, yeah. exactly, and not criminalize homosexuality. So that became the focus. Yeah, because the focus is like, hey, these people can't control it. They are only attracted to women, like, or only attracted to men. Like, right. they can't help this. Right. And when someone, I believe, is bisexual and maybe they haven't had an experience nor did it come up in their li- in their uh, life the option maybe till later um or the consideration till later it was always there though it just hadn't opened up maybe that chapter yet so the fact is yes you're born some people have zero attraction to the opposite sex at all mm-hmm. yeah but i do believe that you can be that you can be 100% born that way, but maybe it just doesn't show up until later in life. Yeah, so maybe, you've like, yeah, achieve more knowledge about yourself until you... Yeah. Until you just change. Yeah. And that was actually... We will link this article. We can put it on our link tree on our Instagram if you'd like to go read it because it has a lot of really good points. But yeah. I forgot about that one. Yeah. Which is like... And this is maybe why we need to bring more awareness to people's sexual fluidity who aren't cemented in one specific identity. Yeah. Maybe the the sa- the safety of that. I don't know. It's just like I said, it's just so hard because the queer community is still fighting such a gigantic uphill battle that I just want to make sure that there is so much respect in it and not taken in a way that this conversation is going like, here's two, two, well, you're not quite white, but I'm white. No, I'm presenting, you know, white passing, white passing. Yeah. White presenting. (laughs) She's white presenting. Like female presenting. I'm white. I'm white. I'm white. I'm white. uh, No, we're both white. We're both white. White. We're both grew up in like middle class, middle class homes. And I feel weird being like, we are bisexual women and like not in, in trying to take that away from people. And we're not claiming that this is the thing. We're not claiming that we like, we're just talking about our specific right. struggles. We're not saying that, like, we are oppressed by sexual people. Like, right. feel bad for us. No. Right. We're just trying to validate pro- other people's experience exactly. and also say exactly. that, like, I'm, I'm just, here. I'm, I exist. And, and I'm just honestly processing. Yes, I'm processing. I'm just, like, all of a sudden, all these new things, like, having allowed myself to be part of a different community, having allowed my spirituality to open up. Like I'm ready to have these conversations now and to allow myself to go there. And just, you have any right to call yourself or identify as anything you want to. I know. It's because you know who you know who you are. Yeah. Like, and yeah, you're not going to like lie about that. 
So let's, uh, this is beautiful. <laughs> let's take a brief break and then we want to talk about this one chart. So, you know, here at Chatty Broads, Becca and myself are all about Zodiac chat. Um, if you haven't listened actually to our recent astrology episode, please do. Changed our lives. Fantastic. Um, but I also know that a lot of our broads are all about astrology as well. And we get a lot of DMs asking about where to start. Curious about getting more info on their signs. Sound like you? Well, you should check out Parcast Network's new astrology podcast, Horoscope Today. Parcast now has a daily horoscope podcast for all 12 signs of the Zodiac. I love that. And it is so great because each daily pod's only about two or three minutes, and it'll give you daily guidance and affirmations tailored specifically for your Zodiac sign by a professional team of astrologers. This series is the first of its kind in the podcast space, and you can listen to a brand new horoscope for every sign every day. I get my Aquarius horoscopes on on the daily. It's amazing. It seriously is the coolest podcast. So you go on um, to Spotify, for instance, and just type in your sign and the word today and it will come up with the date next to it it's such an amazing way to start your day and so i can just look up aquarius today exactly yeah. and um it's quick yesterday i was a little stress ball so i typed in libra and today and got my daily horoscope and received some quick guidance and the exact calm affirmations i needed in fact um i also did it once for ember about a week ago oh, and whoa. this past week every day we get in the car now she says can I get my daily Scorpio? Oh my and God. And we listen to it every day and it like soothes her. Find Horoscope Today for free on Spotify and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Like just said, simply search your zodiac sign and the word today. For example, Aries Today, Gemini Today, Capricorn Today, or visit parcast.com slash horoscope to listen now. That's parcast.com slash horoscope. Okay, so Becca sent me this chart that legitimately blew my mind. My um, friend sent this to me. So okay, so as we we're will having, put. We're going to put this on our. In, we're going to include this in our Instagram yeah, post, yeah. so it won't disappear. So as I was just also, saying, can you give credit to the Instagram account? Yes, of course I will. Um, so we were just saying that. Um, we were just saying that. You know, obviously, um, in specifically American history, we're having to, or there was this need in the the queer community of having to be like, okay, there's heterosexual and homosexuality. We just wanted to be able to validate that you can be homosexuality, to be homosexual and it not be criminalized. Um, But this Instagram account, it's illiterally cat, I-L-I-T-E-R-A-L-L-Y-C-A-T, posted a chart. And said, in my ideal world, this amazing chart would go viral and become as universally cited as the Myers-Briggs tests. And I could just put pink 4D on my profile and avoid those awkward and annoying conversations. And it's a chart that's the called the more complicated attraction layer cake by Luna Rudd. And it breaks down your attraction type into different colors. Attraction type... There's a plethora. Well, there's on three. Here. So there's orientation type, relationship mm-hmm. type, and attraction type. Yes, three different um, identifiers. Do you want to talk about the attraction type? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So this um, this attraction these attraction layers or codes go from basically red 
crimson to charcoal. Uh, charcoal being no sexual or romantic attraction, only platonic attraction. Crimson being the purpose of the relationship is primarily sexual. And then it goes down a spectrum. Gray, you know, open to romance, certain forms of touch, but not sex. Orchid doesn't experience sexual attraction, but comfortable having sex, sexual relationships for purposes like child rearing partnerships. Pink, romantic, platonic, and aesthetic attraction are all established early. Sexual attraction develops over the course of a relationship, but not immediately. Red is sexual um, attraction exists immediately, may or may not be acted upon, but other components are essential to the relationship. And by the way, these actually, I shouldn't have gone by colors. They're also called aromantic sexuality. That's when it's just sexual. Mm -hmm. Primary sexuality secondary sexuality, tertiary sexuality, romantic asexuality, and aromantic asexuality. And then there's the uh, orientation type. And that goes number-wise from zero to six. Zero being attracted exclusively to a gender different than one's own. Um, One, mostly attracted to gender different than one's own. Two, prefers partners whose gender is different than one's own, but also attracted to people of the same gender. Three, Which I feel like is kind of the same as one, but maybe just like specifically laying it out since one says mostly. That was the only thing I had a little bit of like confusion on because number one is mostly attracted to genders different than one's own. And then two is prefers partners whose gender is different than one's own, but also Maybe for example, like your ex-boyfriend would be mostly attracted to genders different than one's own. Okay. And oh, I sorry, think- sorry, sorry, no, no, his would be the opposite. Five, mostly attracted to people whose gender oh, yes, yes, matches yes, yes, yes. one's own. Yes. But it's like you were the one exception, so... And I sort of feel like I'm maybe closer to the number one, which would be mostly attracted to genders different than one's own. But there might be like right. a few people here and there. Sure. Um, yeah, and then two, again, is prefers partners whose gender is different than one's own, but also attracted to people of the same gender, um, which I feel more comfortable in probably um three attraction is not influenced by gender um four prefers partners whose gender matches one's own but also attracted to people of different genders and five mostly attracted to people whose genders matches one's own six exclusively attracted to people whose genders matches one's own yeah um and then there's relationship type, which is talking about like monogamy versus polyamory. Although, as I was saying earlier, I wish that this would sort of also um, go along the lines of open relationships versus polyamory. Because if you don't yeah, know the difference, sure. polyamory is about being in love, basically in relationships with multiple people. And I personally don't want my partner to have other like partners. Sure. Like any uh, other like girlfriends, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for instance. Right. Versus an open relationship. Where, yeah, I don't really care if my partner... I mean, I do care. But anyway, that one goes down from, like, strictly monogamous all the way down to strictly polyamorous. You get the idea. The middle is, like, no preference. You're willing to explore on a case-by-case basis. And then you're able to, at the end of it, be kind of like, oh, I'm a um, red... Yeah, so say say yours, say yours, and then read them out. Okay, Um, so I would consider myself. I fall kind of in between, I guess, pink and red. Yes, which is tough. But I would say red sexually attraction exists immediately and may or may not be acted upon. However, other components are essentially are essential to the relationship, such as bonding and companionship. 
um, I'm maybe not as intense as like it exists immediately, but right. I'm typically depends on the person, sexually attracted right? to somebody yeah. first. The, I felt the same way between yeah. pink and red, where it's like sometimes it takes time for the sexual attraction. But to I will develop. say mostly I go for someone who I'm immediately sexually yes. attracted yes. to. Um, and then uh, orientation type. So I would be probably red two, which is prefers partners whose genders is different than one's own, but also attracted to people of the same gender. Um, and then relationship type, I would say, I would say B, which is primarily monogamous, desires monogamous relationships first and foremost, but willing to explore polyamorous relationships for the happiness of their partner or for other reasons. Now I'm going to say B and I'm very apprehensive AB because that would kind of fall more on like, I would be B for Evan. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I am not interested in a polyamorous relationship personally. I want monogamy, but I love Evan so much that I do feel like I could enter into something for his happiness that would not make me bitter if that was something that he... Like, you could work through it. Now, keyword, not bitter. Yeah. Is like, I do not think that you should... I do not think that you should force yourself into a polyamorous relationship ever just for your partner, because yeah. that's not going to be healthy something for you're like you. Truly not comfortable. Exactly. With. But if that was something that I felt like someone who I am like, Evan is like a part of me. Like if someone who I adored needed that, then it's something that I would, could consider for that person. So, so what are you? Pinky red, same as you. Okay. You know, Pinky sometimes red. it's like takes time for attraction to develop. Right. Um, one, I would say mostly, I would say maybe like 1.5. Okay. That's an option. So like mostly attracted to gender different than one's own. But like occasionally on a case-by-case basis attracted to somebody mm-hmm. of the same gender. Mm-hmm. And I would say, um, I would honestly say C. I feel like, yeah, I had that realization earlier. That one says willing to explore polyamory or monogamy on a case-by-case basis, depending on the dynamics desired by the partners involved. And like I said earlier, I realized I sort of already had an open relationship before. I didn't really care. But I don't want a polyamorous relationship. I would be comfortable with an open relationship if it got to that point where me or another partner wanted I'm so wanted interested it. in this. And I want to, like, get people on we'll do to another talk about episode. this. Because I'm so... I want to have, um, I want to have Zena talk about it. Because yes. they have very specific rules. So Our friend... Uh, she, so Zena yeah. came on and did a, the... Um, the sex episode with us. I'm trying to remember the name of, of what we called it. I don't um, remember either. But it was like sex, God, and no, not sex. No. I don't remember what it was. But it was our our one of our fir- our very first sex episode, and um, Zena was incredible on on the episode. And um, she, after the mics were off, started talking about her relationship, and she's in an open relationship, mm-hmm. and the rules were fascinating to me. Yeah. And it was so interesting to talk to her because when I heard the breakdown of it, I was like, oh, I understand this. Yep. Because of it, at first, my guard goes up, to be honest, because I can be such a jealous person. I go, uh, that's not going to work. Totally. <laughs> you know? But then when she was explaining. Sex, love, it, and vaginismus, episode 29. Thank you. From April. Thank you. Okay. Um, but when she's explaining it, it was kind of like, so her, her rules, I definitely want to have her on, but they talk about how she and her husband, they're not allowed to sleep with someone more than once Mm -hmm. and the other partner can never find out about it. (laughs) 
Yeah. But she taught, and so, you know, when she said that, I was kind of like, what? Oh, no, I was drilling her. I was like, so you have no idea how many people he slept with since you guys have been married? And But she explained it like this and made it a lot of sense. Yeah. And also, I know because Grayson's best friend with her husband. So I know the other side of it. And basically, they're on, like, the same page, though. Oh, really? Yeah. What she said is, like, the thing is, if you're never going to sleep with someone again... You, like, really kind of think about it because you're sort of like, is this worth it? Mm-hmm, and also mm-hmm. you're going to have to go out of your way to, like, keep it a secret yeah, well, and there let are no, them find out. Right, that was the rule, too, is, like, they can never exchange numbers. They can never see the other person again. It has to I be, like... I think it was like, just they can never sleep with them again. They couldn't exchange numbers. I know that one. Said that? Mm-hmm. Because sure? then there's conversation back and no, forth. No, that's not true because I asked her, what if you slept with a friend? And she said, well, that would be hard because we'd have to keep it a secret. Oh, I thought she said that they couldn't exchange. No. Because oh, that's I, tougher. Because I remember I, I, asking about the friend and she was like, well, we could do it, but would that be worth it trying to hide that from the other person? It would be borderline impossible. Oof, that would be, that So tough. you'd have a hard time like exchanging numbers? If I knew that Evan was able to contact the person that he had slept with and that there was a potential for a romantic relationship emotionally to happen because they were texting back and forth. Oh, I would have a hard time. I think with that's that. a subtext though of the rules, right? If you can never sleep with yeah. someone again, then the subtext is you're not going to enter. But that into doesn't a mean that you're not talking. You can say I'm not going to sleep with them again, but that doesn't mean that you don't send the occasion like, "Wow, I was thinking about a couple, a few weeks ago when I was thinking about you. And then that's, that's, that would be, too, that would be too intimate for me. I think, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's tricky, but, um, yeah, <laughs> this was a lot. Yeah. I felt like it was like, a, I'm really glad we had this me conversation. Too. Me though. too. Like, I, I feel, feel good. I feel like I kind of was just able to stretch a little bit and say some things that I've been thinking yeah. and hear some things from you that I wanted to know about. And like, I really like the term sexually fluid because I don't know, even bisexual feels kind of constricting and there's something I don't like about it, about the term bisexual. Yeah. Because then that cuts out. Yeah. Or pansexual. I mean, pansexual is, you know, all genders, I guess bisexual is sort of affirming the gender binary. If you'd only date just men or very, women. Very true. And I don't necessarily want, I wouldn't want to say that because I don't know. Yeah. You know, I'm not like it has to be a man or it has to be a woman. <laughs> yeah, if somebody is uh, someone's gen- not gender fluid, and first of all, yeah, yeah. Then so I guess I would be more like pansexual. Yeah. So anyway, well, thanks for having this convo with us. I hope this helped yeah, I hope someone. That, that this was at least, if anything, me. yeah, it helped me. <laughs> I guess that's worth it. Thanks for listening to listening to us. Help ourselves. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I, I do think I, I know for me personally, um, if I, you know, would be around if I was growing up and was hearing maybe more of an open dialogue about this, that it would be helpful for me to yeah. process. So I hope that it helps somebody. And um, yeah, we all love right. we love all you broads. Yes, we love all broads. Chat soon. Chat soon, broads. Bye. Bye.